This is Lead Minister Nathan Pelahowski of RSCC. I just want to welcome you to the RSCC podcast. Here's something I want you to know. I want you to know that you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says that you matter when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Today I hope this message challenges you and encourages you to take your next faith step. Well, good morning. Welcome to RSCC. It is good to be with you. Can we give the worship team another round of applause real quick? They had two people uh, not be able to sing this morning, so they had to go on the, you know, the fly and <clears throat> change some things. So we appreciate, uh, we appreciate them. If this is your first time with us, we appreciate you, and you are so welcome here. And we, are, we are glad you've chosen to be with us. You could have chosen to be anywhere. And I believe God has you here today for a purpose. And, and I'll be honest today, th- this message is uh, going to be a little different than what we normally do, but it is going to be uh, how we start is every January we do our... Uh, kind of vision series. I didn't want to kick it off last week. Um, I didn't know how many people would be sleeping in on, on you know, after New Year's Eve, but today we're, we're going to jump into it. And it might be a bad omen. Uh, Natalie heard me practice it twice, and before I got up here, she started crying, so she's in the hallway now. So I don't know what that tells you, but we're going to get into it. I'm excited. So if we pray real quick, and we'll get into it. God, we are so thankful for this day. We're so thankful for the people here, Father. And we know in this room right now, there are people who are sick, family members who are sick, ones who have lost loved ones, Father, and I pray that you just uh, meet them here today, Father, and, and you fill, fill them with your spirit, Father, and I pray as we have this conversation, which uh, is an important conversation, that we just open our ears and hearts to what you want us to hear, and you allow my words to be your words, and you speak through me, and allow me to communicate the message you want us to hear today, God. We love you so much. To your name we pray, amen. So as, as I was writing this week uh, in this series, I, I kind of got this feeling like uh, back in uh, being back in a locker room. I don't know. It, it's been um, it's been a hot minute since I've been in a locker room, almost ten years. Um, and, and, and so I, I just had that feeling. I was writing it, and, and you kind of know how a locker room goes. Or maybe you're in band, and I think you guys go to you know your area before you go out and perform, or you're a cheerleader or whatnot, right? And, and you just kind of in there. You're with your teammates. So today, if you will, for the next five weeks, we're going to pretend that this is a locker room. And we're going to huddle up, and we're going to be teammates. Now, you may not like the people next to you. You may not want them on your team, but we're teammates today. So go ahead and say, hey, what's up to your teammates for me real quick as we get going. Tell them good to be on your team. All right, so if you jump in the, if you jump in the locker room, let, let's kind of talk about it in, in the locker room. Um, if you were back in the day, as we say, uh, maybe there's a chalkboard. If you were in my era, there was a uh, marker board. And now maybe there's probably screens or something like that. So, and, and you're in there, and, and you're going to notice a couple things. You're going to notice that you're, you're, you know, you're with your teammates or, you know, or the people that you're with. That you're, they're around you. You're kind of huddled up. You're going to notice a smell. I still remember the football locker room. It smelled. And, and if it was a guy's locker room, I don't know if girls did this as much. They're, they're probably a little smarter than this. But Axe body spray was real big in high school, right? You know, so like you could sweat for hours. You don't need to, you don't need to shower. You just spray that Axe body spray all over you. And if you're really like, if you want to feel really good, you spray two different kinds on you at the same time, right? So I can remember that. So some of you today, you might be the smelly teammate on the team, uh, but you'd have a coach or position coaches and they'd come up and, and they'd give you a speech or maybe the captain would give a speech and, and then you would, you know, break and then you would go out and you run onto the football field or you run onto the court. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've done that and most of us, we're not running onto a field or a court anytime soon, right? 
But what we are going to do as, as this team, as soon as we're done, about, uh, I don't want to promise anything, but around 9.45, maybe, 9.35, we'll let you out of here. And you're going to go back out into your world. You're going to go back out in, into your real life. You're going to go, some of you are going to go eat. Some of you are going to go watch football. If you're a Bengals fan, you get to relax this week. Congratulations. You, you're a good team this year, right? You get to do that. And, and we're going to go back out into our world, and, and we're going to live life. And, and here's what I want to say. How we live out there matters. And that kind of brings me to the series that, that we're going to talk about, the, the Go and Be series. And, and I'll tell you a little bit about what Go and, and Be means in each section. And, and today, we're not going to dive too deep into e either one of those, but we're going to kind of, it's going to be an introduction. It's not, not going to be this super, super deep, complex thing we're going to talk about, but it's an introduction to about why we're doing this, wh why is this important, because uh, I've been praying and we talk with leadership, and this is the message, these three words are what God put on our heart, Go and be. And over the last several months, you know, I've been asked this question by some of you. Uh, I've read about it in blogs. You read about it, in, and you know, you hear about it in podcasts. And, and the question becomes this: Is the church going to make it? Is the church in trouble? Is the church okay? Like, are we going to survive? And it's really the big question: Is the church in trouble? And my answer is this: And I really believe this to be true. No, it's not. Not, but not if we're willing to continue to change. I believe if we continue to say the same, that yeah, the church is in trouble. If we continue to do the same thing that we were before 2019, before 2020, yeah, we might be in trouble. But if we continue to evolve and continue to change, we're not going to be in trouble. And how I know that is, is God's church is a survivor. It survived 2,000 years of persecution. It survived, you know, uh, tribulation and wars. It survives government resistance. It grows up in other countries in underground places where it should never grow. It, it survived and it can continue to survive. But we don't want to just survive anymore. It, it's not just time to survive in 2022. It's time to thrive again. It, it's time to thrive again because Christ is still on the throne. And, and it's time to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not just going to survive. We're not just going to be in the community. We're not just going to be a presence. We're not going to just do things we've always done. But we're going to want to, we want to thrive because we want people to know in this hurting and broken world more now than ever before that Christ is still on the throne, that Jesus still wins, that, that sin is still real and Jesus is still victorious. We want people to know that. And, and I get, as soon as we talk about that, and, and we hear the word change, that we get a little defensive, and, and I sympathize, and I empathize with change, and, and, and I understand that we hear that, and, and we get this kind of defensive, because like, well, I, I'm comfortable with this, I, I like this, I grew up with this, and, and we, we got to understand that God is in the business of changing. One of my favorite verses in Isaiah, he, it says this, it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and, and streams in the wasteland. God is in the business of doing new things. And, and for churches, we gotta realize that we have to be moldable and shapeable and we gotta be willing to go and be and change and, and go and, and do what God has called us to do. We gotta realize that change is more than just a good idea, but it, it, it's crucial to our being effective for the kingdom of God. And, and so we got to understand that God's in the business of doing new things. And, and my worry is that there's been churches, and they predict that more churches will close this year or next year and in come, coming years than ever before. And it's like the, we, we take this mindset, well, we're not going to change. We're not going to do what God wants us to do. We're, we're going to do what we've always done. We're going to be comfortable. And, and if God blesses that, then so be it. If he doesn't, when we run out of money, we'll close our doors. But that doesn't cut it for me. That doesn't cut it for the leadership. That doesn't cut it for you. 
And what we have to do is we gotta be committed to, we gotta, we gotta say, we're gonna have to reach our world, we're gonna go out of business trying. We're gonna do whatever it takes to get people who don't know Jesus to know Jesus, or we're gonna go out of business trying. And I know for some of us, it may involve things that we may not like, but I started thinking about the history of this church, and maybe you're like me, and you weren't around you know, since the beginning of the church, and none of us were, because it has a long, rich history. But I hear stories about a church, in the history of the church, of a church that was committed to reaching people or going out of business. In the 80s, before I was born, and before I even, you know, I didn't know what Rising Sun was, right? I heard the story of the old location that used to be on Main Street, and how people walked from that old location to this new location. Was anybody involved in that in this room, right? You guys remember that, right? You were committed to say, we gotta, we gotta get a bigger building, a newer building, a newer piece of land, so we can continue to reach people. And then in the early 2000s, I believe it was, or maybe the late 1990s, early 2000s time, that you, you guys at some point said, you know what, we want to reach the next generation. We want to do something that no other church is doing around us. We want to do something that no other church is doing in the area. We want to build a family life center, right? How, how many of you were there for that campaign, right? And you're sitting in that building, right? We're committed to changing. Some point in the history of RSCC, someone saw a need to reach people in our community who were less fortunate. They opened the free store, and the free store continues to reach people today. And, and so this church has this rich history uh, of doing new things, of going where God tells them to go, and being where God tells them to be, and we need to continue to do that. We need to continue to be able to go and, and reach people in our community, reach people with the gospel. And, and you know, th this last season, it, we've been distracted we were, you know, we didn't meet in person for a while. We couldn't meet. We couldn't do some of the things we wanted to do. And then after not being able to do some of those things, we grew a little comfortable, a little complacent at times. And like this season, it, as much as it has been awful and there's been awful things to it, it can be used as a great reset of God saying, listen, you can do something new. You can step into something new. You can continue to be what I've called you to be. And, and God's calling us to be a church that is the, in the business of removing any barrier and doing whatever it takes to reach people with the gospel. And that brings me back to those three words, go and be. I, I just kept praying, God, put something on our hearts, lead us in the direction you want us to be. And, and he kept, I just kept hearing those words. So today we're gonna look at the go part. So we'll talk about be first and the next couple of weeks will be about be and then we'll go back to go. But the B means this. So when we say B, I'm going to tell you what each word means. I know B is the second word, but we'll get there to the first word later. So B is this. It's B, the church. Live the life Christ has called us to. And a great Bible verse that comes to mind is what the disciple Peter said in First Peter. It's going to be on the screen in a second here. It says, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Follow in Christ's steps. So that means forgive people. Love people. Love God above all else. Apply your faith in applicable ways. Live out your faith. But also the B part is so cool. This is the section where you grow in your faith. We want to, we, we want to make sure that if we, if we want to be the church and we want to be disciples, that we, we are creating areas and avenues for you to grow as disciples in your faith. So in the coming year, you're going to see new classes started. You're going to see new opportunities to be in, in involved in this community. We're going to encourage you to serve. We're going to encourage you to read. We're going to encourage you to do Bible plans with us, right? Go and be is not just making sure we're reaching people, but it's also understanding that as we're being the church, we're doing what we need to do so we can be disciples that Christ has called us to be. So that's the be aspect. Be the church, living out our faith, growing spiritually, not just sitting here, but growing spiritually. So that's the be aspect. 
The go aspect is the other aspect, and that's the one kind of, kind of fill in the blanks a little bit. Reach the world with the gospel, right? So we're, we want to go, and do you know the, in the NIV, the word go is used 1,542 times. 1,542 times. As you look at God in the Old Testament moving and going, and you look at the Christians' call and Jesus telling us, and Paul telling us, and Peter telling us, and look in the book of Acts, go is used many, many times. That we're not to sit, you know, stay and sit. We're to go and be the church. We're to go and be. And I love that. You're not just to sit here, but it's actually take what you learn and take what you know about Jesus and go and be. And here's what I believe, whether you believe this or not. I believe God has you where you are for a reason. That God has you where you are for a reason. He has you in your community. He has you in your workplace. He has you in the season of life you're in. He has you on the sports team you're on. He has you in the gym you're working out in. He has you in the friend group you are. And the reason is this, real simply, to go and be, to reach those people. But at the same time, if I believe God has you where you are for a reason, I believe that God has this church where they are for a reason. He has this staff, this staff, whether you agree with everything we do or not, he has this staff at this moment for a reason. He has this leadership and leadership in this moment for a reason. And that one of the reasons I felt, God, seriously, I felt God kept putting this in my heart. And he's like, here's the reason for RSCC this year. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back in Jesus' name. Take it back in Jesus' name. Now, here's what that means. Take back the community. Take it back. Take back the schools. Take back what it looks like for marriage to look like. Take it back. Take the next generation back. Be so committed to the next generation, you say, we're going to reach you no matter what it takes. Take back marriage. Take back parenting. Take this community back. Take it back. And not for your glory, not for you to fill the seats, but take it back in Jesus' name. Get Jesus back in this community. And this world is hurting. This culture is hurting. This community is hurting. And we need God saying, go and take it back. Go and be. And take it back. In Jesus' name. So that's what we're committed to. So as we're committed to that and we're doubling down in 2022, you know, we're still going to worship the same God. It just may look different. Location may be different, right? We're still going to have the same mission to reach people, to grow people spiritually. We're going to have the same, uh, you know, we're going to have the same message that Jesus is the only one that saves. The only thing that may change is the methods at time. And again, it's difficult at times to change. We don't know what that looks like. But all we believe is that God is calling us to take it back in Jesus' name and go and be the church. So as we get rolling today, I want to do this. I want to do a little, if you're taking notes, I want you to draw this picture that's going to be on the screen. I want you to draw a circle. You don't, have to, you don't have to have the fancy background, but if you're taking physical notes, draw a circle and then put your name in the middle of it. If you don't have notes, uh, um, go, go ahead and just practice and pretend this with me. So your name is in the middle here, all right? And the circle represents your life. And now I want you to think about the relationships you have. So your family or your spouse. So, I, you know, I'd put Whitney and Natalie. And then I want you to think about maybe your, your workplace. So I'd put RSEC, you put your work put the people that you uh, maybe go to the gym with, so you put their names down, maybe the people on your sports team, maybe your neighbors. I, I want you to put it, the, any acquaintances or relationships that you can think about, I want you to put them in there, all right? 
And then I want you on the outside to imagine that if all the names you can't mention, I want you to put others on the outside, all right? So you got your close circle in here. These are the people you probably know, work with, see all the time. And then everybody else, even the people you don't like, and I know we have people we don't like, put them out here. Put them in the other category. And as we talk about this this week, and as we continue the next four weeks after this week, I want you to go back to this circle. So maybe when you go home, write down these names or practice it at home. You don't have a piece of paper. I want you to write down those names, and I want you to make sure you add others somewhere on there. And I want you to think about that as we talk about what we're going to talk about today, as we talk about this series, and as we move forward. Think about who's in your circle, and think about the others on the outside of your circle. All right, so we're going to look, we're going to look at go today. And going should matter to you and me because it mattered to Jesus. So let me set the scene before we get to the, the verses we're going to look at today. Jesus starts his ministry, and essentially he calls 12 disciples to come and follow him. He says, come and follow me, and they start following. And for the time period of three, three and a half years or so, he, they follow Jesus. They see Jesus feed the thousands. They see Jesus do miracles and cast out demons. They, they had a front row seat to the Sermon on the Mount. They heard all of his parables. They were with him in the, this entire time. And every now and then, as he's on this ministry, as he's with them, he would tell them about why he actually came. And he would tell them that I have come to die, that, that the son of, you know, son of God has come to die for the sins of the world, for the people of this world. And they would never understand it, right? They, they would miss it over and over again. They'd be like, hey, Jesus, you can't die. We need you here. And Jesus like, listen, no, I, I got to die. I, I came not to say, you know, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. I, I came to create a way for you and, and humanity have a way and be in right relationship with God if they trust me. He's like, I have to come and do this. This is why I was born. Uh, this is why I'm here. I'm here to live a life that none of you can live, to live a perfect life, but, and I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified in front of you. And three days later, my father's going to raise me from the dead. So at the end of the ministry, what, what happens? Jesus is arrested. Judas betrays him. Jesus is arrested. Peter denies him. Jesus is publicly crucified. And, and three days later, what does Jesus do? He raised from the gra grave just like he says he would. And I want to stop here. And if you don't know who Jesus is, and, and you haven't accepted Jesus in your life, and I want to just tell you, you, you need to do that. And we would love to have a conversation with you about that and what that looks like to start your life in that direction. And Jesus is calling you in a relationship with him and he wants a relationship with you. And today is a great day to start that. So Jesus dies and three days later he resurrects and, and one gospel says that the, the disciples are hiding behind closed doors because they think the authorities are gonna come and arrest them. But eventually they get the news that the resurrection happens and, and, and they're like, okay, all right, awesome. And then they head to a place, a location that Jesus told them to, to, to go to and that's where we pick up in Matthew at the very, very end. And these are the final words in Matthew's gospel and this is what it says. Then the 11 disciples, remember there were 12, but Judas betrayed him, and J Judas is no longer a disciple. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So again, here, here's, there's one, one uh, instance of go, right? Jesus told them to go somewhere. What did they do? They went there. So the first thing is so important, we're not even going to mention this really, but they were available. They went, and, and he said go, so they went. And, and, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. You ever have doubt in here, right? It's some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, this is so cool. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And it continues. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. And therefore, go. Therefore what? Therefore. Therefore. 
Go, right? So the second instance to go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't end there. It continues. It says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. Matthew could have recorded anything, and Jesus could have said anything in the end of Matthew's gospel. And Matthew wanted to end it like this. Jesus is going to go be with his father soon. He's going to send to the father. He's no longer going to be with the disciples. And this is what he tells them. These are his parting words. He's like, listen, I need you to go. I need you to go. He says, therefore, what? Therefore, go, right? He's like, go, go. And that Greek word for go, I love the phrase, therefore, go is perume. It means to travel, to depart, to take a journey. Essentially, as you're living life, which all of us do, as we're living life, disciples, as you're living life, take this message of what I have done and teach people it, baptize them and teach them to obey my commands. As you're living life, Go and take my message to the world. Go get people who don't know me and get them to know me. Baptize them. Make disciples. Teach them to obey my commands. This is, this is like, this is what you do. I want you to go, baptize, teach. I want you to go, baptize, reach, teach. I want you to go be my hands and feet. I want you to go and preach my message. I want you to go, and as you're living life, I want you to show people what it means to follow me. He's like, I've been with you. I've taught you these things. Now it's your turn. Go and, and be. And that's how we measure success. You know, often churches think we, we measure success by three categories. Attendance, cash, and buildings. The ABCs. That's not how we measure success. We don't measure success by how, how many people are sitting in the chairs. Yes, we want people sitting in the chairs because we want more people and more and more people to know about Christ. We don't measure it by cash. We don't measure it by awesome worship services. We measure it by how obedient we are to go and be. We measure it by how many disciples we're making. We measure it by how many people we're baptizing, how many people we're growing spiritually, how many disciples of Christ we are making. And why I love these words with Jesus is like, he, he's, I, I just imagine, my mind works like they're huddled up, right? And Jesus is the quarterback, obviously, and they're looking at him. And, and he's like, listen, I, I've told you guys. I showed you I mean, all those things we were doing. You know, you know, I had to, you know, all the things I taught you, and all the sermons, all the parables, all the miracles I showed you, there's a reason behind that. And I've chosen you 12, you 11 now for, for a reason. And that reason is that, to go and be. And I got to leave. Remember when I was sitting with you at the you know, last supper and you know, we, I said, hey, soon I'm going to be gone and I'm not going to be here anymore. Yeah, I was real. I was serious. I'm going to be, be at the right hand of my father soon and I'm going to be gone and you are going to have to take on the rest of the responsibility to grow this church. I'll be with you, but you're going to need to go. And why I love these words, because 2,000, 2000 years later, it's still a reminder the work's not done yet. There's still a job to do. There's still people to reach. There's still people in our circle. There's still people outside our circle, the others who don't know who Christ is. And if you go to the book of Acts, which is the history of the, essentially the history of the early church, uh, Jesus kind of echoes these words. It's a different author writing, but it's essentially the same idea. And he's talking to the disciples and he says this, 
but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, Jesus speaking, in Jerusalem, and all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's like, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're not always going to have the words to say, but the Spirit will fill you. You're going you're gonna to do things that you couldn't do on your own because the Spirit's going to fill you. The, you the, the Spirit is going to guide you, direct you, shape you, and change you. And as you're doing it, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go and be my witnesses, right? And, and it's another go statement, and you're going to go to three places. First, you're going to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem would have been the most well-known. It would have been the, the obvious one. It would have been a, a big city. It's like if you want anything to spread or you want to reach people, you go to Jerusalem, right? And so that would have been easier, easy one, right? They would have understood that. Though they would face persecution in Jerusalem, and it would be hard, but Jerusalem they could understand. Judea and Samaria, I guess the easiest way to describe it would have been these are the people from the other side of the tracks, these are people who are less educated. These are people who maybe would have been more resistant to them, people that they wouldn't necessarily want to go to. And then he ad adds, uh, for good favor, in case I missed anybody, he goes, to the ends of the earth. In one commentary I was reading, it said, essentially, when the disciples heard this, they would have heard that Jesus is saying, go to the others, the others who aren't like you, who don't look like you, who are going to be resistant to you, Go to the others. Go to the ends of the earth. That's the same call for you and I. We, we go to who's in our circle. But we also go to the others. But the only problem is what, what happens. Who do we go to? We tend to only go to who we want to go to. And who do we tend to want to go to? People who look like us, vote like us, act like us, same skin color as us for some people. People who, if they were to come here, that you know, we really say come as you are, but we really want you to come as we are. We want you to be. And if you were to come to my church, would you ruffle any feathers? Would you maybe want to change some things I don't want to change? Right? So we kind of go to the people who are comfortable. And Jesus is like, listen, that's not the end of the earth. That's the end of your comfort zone. I told you to go to the end of the earth. Yes, I want you to go to those people who you're comfortable with. But I also want you to go to the others. I want you to go to the people from the wrong side of the tracks. I want you to go to those people that you see at work that you can't stand. Or I want you to go to those people when you hop on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, they just get under your skin right away. I want you to go to them. Yeah, I want you to go to those people of a different race. I want you to go to the different people of different social class. I want you to go to the people you can't stand. I, he goes, especially go to the people you can't stand. Especially the people who you think are too far gone. And why we do that is because every person we encounter is an opportunity to bring the gospel to. Every person we encounter is an opportunity. And, and I want to tell you, he, he, Jesus says, go. It's a command. It's an action word, right? I, I think of the old commercials, verb. I'm not really good at English, but verb means action, right? Take action and, and go. Go and move was the old commercial. They had like these, you know, inline skaters and like skateboarders, and they would go outside and they would play on these commercials. It was a verb, go take some action. So I imagine Jesus saying, go and take some action. And I know it's easier to stay. It's easier to sit and stay. It's easier because that's where we're comfortable. That's where we sit and what we're used to. It doesn't bring us out of our, you know, it doesn't, bring, it doesn't make us uncomfortable. It doesn't allow change when we sit. God's, Jesus is like, listen, you just, you gotta go. You gotta go. And I wanna tell you, I wanna share with you why personally this is so important, but also for you. I believe that one day Jesus is returning. 
And we can argue all day about what that looks like. But I believe that one day Jesus is returning. And every day we live and every day we take a breath, it's a closer and closer and closer. We can argue about when it's going to happen. All I just know is someday it's going to happen. Right? Someday Jesus is going to come back. One of my biggest, what keeps me up and what makes me afraid and one of my biggest fears is as one day, imagine Jesus comes back and I'm, and I'm heading towards Christ. And I'm walking towards Christ and it's just visually playing out in my mind. And as I do that, I walk by someone who I loved, who I knew, who I spent time with. And we lock eyes. And I know that this person didn't know Christ. And I know this person never put their faith in Jesus. And I lock eyes with them. And as we're walk, and I stop in that moment, as we're locking eyes, they say something to me. Say, we play ball together. I said, we, we play ball together. We went to, we were, we grew up in the same town since you were in second grade to high school. We were teammates. I was, I was in your family. I worked out with you for, for years. And they'd tell me this after that. And you didn't have the guts to tell me about Jesus? You didn't have the guts to tell me that he was returning? And to think how I may have to answer that question. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to be like a, I, I didn't want to be a religious nutcase. I didn't want you to think I was weird like other ministers. I, I didn't want to overstep the line. I didn't want to make you uncomfortable while you're benching, my man. Like, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think it was the time and place to talk about it at practice. I didn't think it was, it was, you would have listened to me in high school. Like, to think what I would have to say. And I just think about how many times in our life do, are, are there people every single day we come in contact with, that we see at work, we see in our families, and that, we, that we work out with, that we see in our teams. And we're like, you know, it, it's, I, I didn't tell you. And we're like, Nathan, it's 2022. Who am I to tell you, how am I, who am I to tell anybody what a sin is? Who am I to tell them how to live? Who am I to tell them what sexuality is? Who am I to tell them this? Who am I to do this? Like, it's their business. It's not my business. And Jesus says, listen, that doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it. And I got to think, well, when was the last time I invited someone to church? When was the last time I shared my faith? When was the last time I told them about my testimony? When was the last time I shared anything about Jesus? And, and, you know, in 2022, we're like, I, I don't want to step on toes, and I get it. I'm not telling you to be a jerk, right? I'm not telling you to go on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and be a jerk. I'm not telling you to come from a, a place of authority, like where you, you're superior over anybody. I, I'm not telling you that. And that's not what Jesus is telling us to do either. Because look at Jesus' encounter with a woman at the well, with the adulterous woman, right? He wasn't a jerk. I'm not saying go be a jerk and, and, and be pushy. I'm telling us we have, to, we have to go and be. We have to share our faith. Because we've got to realize and remember. Realize and remember what? Realize and remember this. That whether we want to be pushy or not, sin is still sin. Whether we want to be pushy or not, and I know sometimes people want to argue, and especially today, is hell real? Hell is real. Sin's real, hell's real. Jesus is still the only way. And when this life is over, every person you ever come eyeball to eyeball with will spend eternity somewhere forever. The Bible tells us very simply that you spend eternity in the presence of God forever, which we refer to heaven, 
simplistically, right? Or, or separated from God forever, and we refer to that as hell. And I'm not a fire and brimstone guy. I, I'm not about fire and brimstone. I, I, I don't think scaring people to death and pushing people to death and, and, and doing that type of, of style works. I'm not about that. It doesn't work for me. I'm not about that. But I would be doing a great injustice if I didn't say this. Heaven and hell is real. And, and we spend eternity somewhere. First place we can spend is if we reject God and reject God's way and reject his son, is you live in a place that is void of God's presence. That's why it's literally hell. There's God's presence. And, and I can't really put it into words, but it's, it's, it's eternal darkness, eternal sorrow, eternal pain, eternal separation from God, right? And that's what we refer, refer to as hell. At the same time, there's a place that we can eternally be in the presence of God. At the same time, my words can't do justice. I love what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians. He says this. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Revelation 21 talks about it's a place with no more pain and no more sorrow and, and, and you know, all these things have passed away and that we get to go be there if we put our faith in Jesus and, and we live and give our life to Christ and we love God, right? That's why the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. So every person we ever come to eyeball to eyeball with will spend eternity somewhere. And that's why going and being matters. Is our goal is to go and be and reach people so that when we go to eternity, we get to see all the people in our circle because of Christ be there with us. And we, and we do this boldly, and we boldly go and be and share what we believe because a timid, fearful, a timid, fearful, indifferent faith doesn't reach a lost and hurting and broken world. If we just come and sit here and hear this, we don't do anything with it? That does nothing for anybody. A timid, fearful, indifferent faith doesn't reach a lost and hurting and broken world. And I'm passionate about this because I, I, I don't come from a home where I heard the gospel. You think, people think it's crazy. Like, they're like, well, you never heard? Like, yes, I lived in the United States of America, the Midwest, the Bible Belt, and until I was in eighth grade, I never even heard about the gospel. I couldn't have told you the difference between Moses, Jesus, and Noah, man. Like, it, it, there are people who don't know, and, and we gotta go boldly go. And I know as we're going, we're like, well, what if I don't have these answers? And what if so I make someone uncomfortable? What if they, they don't want to hear it? And I don't think that's the right question to ask. The better question to ask is, what if I don't? What if I don't? What if I don't go and be? What happens in my life? What happens in my life if I don't go and be and share with people? What happens in my life personally is my brother and my sister and my family never know Christ. If someone doesn't come and be in my life, I guarantee you I wouldn't be up here today. I'd probably be sitting in a jail cell somewhere. Right? What if I don't go and be? I think make it more personal. What if, I, what if those in your circle miss eternity with Jesus because no one was willing to go to him? And maybe that's a far-fetched example, but just think about it. What if those in your circle, those you love, your kids, your grandkids, what if no one goes to them? Take a little further. Maybe they do know. But what if your grandkids or your kids or your great-grandkids never get to go up in a church that changes it a little bit for them? They miss Jesus. What if, what if those in our circle miss eternity with Jesus because no one goes to them? 
So what I want to end just this first introductory sermon with, because this is where we're going to be going and what we're going to be looking at this, this entire series is this, this application point. And, and so many times, like, we want this deep, applicable, like, five-step process. I'm not going to give it to you today. Here's what I'm going to say. The applicable point is make Jesus' last words your final work. Or your first work, excuse me. Make Jesus' final words your first work. What do I mean by that? Be committed to going and being. And we summarize it as this, go and be, right? We summarize the command of Jesus to go make disciples and teach them to obey my commands as go and be. Make Jesus' final words our first work. I promise you, if we're committed to just that one phrase, God will, God will continue to move. It may not look the way we want. May not, we, we may not have the number of success we, we think we want, but guess what? God is gonna be moving because God blesses us when we're obedient to him. God, it says, God, earnest, bless those who earnestly seek him. Right? So make Jesus' final words our first work. And what, what this comes down to is you have to decide are you gonna, if you're gonna go and be. You have to decide. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna be? And it's a call for everybody. I have to do that. I'm accountable for my circle. The staff is accountable for theirs. The leadership is accountable for theirs. But you're accountable, accountable for you. This is a call for all of us. And the reality is the success we are, how successful we are at making disciples coincides with how willing you are to go and be. That's, that's the reality. And, and when, I, when I think about going and being, I think of this phrase, I'm gonna go and be like it's only up to me. And I think that's where we get success. I'm gonna go and be like it's only up to me. I'm gonna go in such a way that, hey, everybody, I, I, I'm, gonna, like, I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and be, and I'm gonna pretend like it's up to me. I'm gonna pretend like my circle's never gonna reach if it's not up to me. I'm gonna pretend the others in my life are never gonna be reached unless it's up to me. And what's awesome is Jesus says something in the last line of the Great, the great Commission we often forget. He goes, and when you do this, be sure of this. I'm with you. Always, even to the end of the age. God, Jesus promises, I'm gonna be with you. You don't have the words to say, my, the Spirit will fill you. You don't have the courage, you're afraid, that's all right, that's normal, the Spirit will give you strength. You don't know what to say, I got you. Jesus, I am with you. And I tell people a great place to start is, is this idea that we all have a God story. A great opportunity to start sharing faith and going and being and start telling people about what God's done in your life how God has moved in your life, what God has done, how, how he saved you from sin, how he pulled you out of a situation, how he rescued you, how you're gonna spend eternity with him. That is a great place to start, and we'll get more into that in a couple weeks. But I wanna end with this. The disciples take this command, and the worship team can go ahead and come up. The disciples take this command, go and be. And early on, and you look at the book of Acts, they go and be, and they start preaching, and thousands are baptized. In a relatively short amount of time, the Roman Empire, the Jewish Empire, starts to transform and Christianity starts to spread. They didn't have a cool stage. They didn't have cool lights. They didn't even have a building, and most of them were poor. But yet the, the Christianity starts to take the world upside down, if you will. And the Roman Empire had never seen a group of people who lived the way Christians lived. Read about it in Acts chapter 2, how they sold their possessions, and they, they were with each other, and they went, and they reached people. It took the Roman Empire by storm. And part of that today is why we are here. They were committed to go and be. And Jesus is calling us to go. Go to the schools. Go to their community. Go to the next generation. Go to our family. Go to our friends. Go to our kids. And here's what he's saying. I'm ready, RSCC. Are you ready to go and be? 
that's what we're gonna end with today. And that's what we're gonna look at the next four weeks. I wanna end today with saying this. If you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never taken the opportunity to talk about what it means to walk in your life with Jesus and, and be obedient to him and follow him, I'm gonna be back there by these exit signs. And I would love to have a conversation with you today. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you call us to be part of your mission. You partner with us to go and be in our community. Yes, God, when you say go and be, you mean the distant places like Haiti and Africa and, and China, but you also mean uh, on 5th Street, 4th Street, Main Street, Turner Road. You mean right here on Salem Ridge and out in the country in Switzerland County and Dearborn County. You mean right here where we are. Father, we're so thankful that we get a message of hope. That yes, we spend eternity somewhere, but through Jesus, we get to spend it with you, Father. I pray that we, we share the greatest news of all time is we are messengers of the greatest story. We love you, and we know what love is, because you loved us first. In your name we pray. Amen. It's been great hanging out with you guys today. I hope that message challenges you and encourages you today. We would love to have you on campus sometime at one of our services at 8.30 or 10.45 on Sunday. Or to find out more information about RSEC, you can always go to the RSEC Family app. Or follow us on any social media platform at RSEC Family. Most of all, remember, you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says you matter. Now go and be blessed.